0: bin shake the room. Fire Nation JLD here with an income report for January of 2019, the first month of the year. And we got some great things that we're going to be chatting about throughout this income report. So make sure you stick around. We have David Lizardram on the house and of course the CPA on fire, Josh himself. And as always, the lovely Kate. So we're going to be talking to all of these people about all the awesome things that happened in January plus awesome. Legal and tax tips. So stick around for that. A quick glance at our income for January was gross $140,333. Expenses were $31,625 for a total net profit of $108,000. We dropped $10,692 from December. So hopefully we can turn things around in February and start trending back up. And we have a lot of great stuff to talk about today. As I said, we're actually going to dive in right now with Josh, Mr. CPA on fire himself with his monthly tax tip. Then Dave is going to take it away and then Kate's going to be in the house as well. So Josh, what's up, brother?
1: Yeah, John, we've uh, somehow made it back into another tax season. Can you believe it?
0: I mean, it feels like every other day it's like that.
1: You're telling me. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I live in tax season. No, but we're here and I know that uh, Fire Nation, everyone who has to file taxes, this is a little bit of a stressful time because you're trying to figure out what do I have to get my tax preparer? How do I get it to them? You don't wanna forget something and and have your taxes be wrong. You don't wanna overload them and have them charge you for digging through everything. Mm. So I thought maybe we could kinda of go through some quick tips on how to best organize these numbers and get them to your tax preparer. Love Does that it. work? Yeah. All right, so the first thing I wanna talk about is organizing your business numbers, all right? If you have a business, the biggest thing you can do for your tax repair is organize these numbers properly. And every year I have a new client, I say, hey, I need your business financials, we'll get that filed. And they say, oh, I don't have those, but don't worry, I know my numbers, I made $100,000 last year. (laughs) And I say, the IRS needs a, a little bit more information than that. They need to know your gross income, they need to know your expenses broken out by category. This means you need actual bookkeeping for your business. We've talked about it a million times on these income reports, but this is huge when it comes to taxes. Your tax preparer will absolutely need an income statement and most likely will need a balance sheet as well. So if this is something you have not done yet, you will either have to spend the time to do it yourself or preferably hire some type of professional, some type of bookkeeper, like a bench or, or kahuna or whoever, whoever you can find that can get these done for you and get you that income statement, and get you that balance sheet. I said it a million times, but look, a successful business has professional financial statements. If you haven't done that, you got to commit to it. Get them ready for this tax season. The second thing that you need to be, have ready and send is your all of your actual tax documents, meaning your W-2s, your 1099s for the business, 1099s for interest, dividends, stock sales. If you own a house, you're gonna have a mortgage statement. Anything that is an official tax document like that, your tax preparer is going to need. And again, I'll have clients that, especially new ones, they'll say, hey, you know, I got this 1099, but I can't find it, it was from Amazon, I think it was like $10,000, just go ahead and put it in. And it doesn't work that way. These are tax documents that need to line up with what the IRS received. This is actually the number one way that will you will get audited, is if you received a tax document that you don't report exactly on your tax return. The IRS will think you're try, not claiming something and start asking questions, right? We don't want the IRS to ask questions. So send those tax documents over. Next thing I want to talk about is receipts, right? The overwhelming majority of tax preparers will not need or want your actual receipts. OK, so we don't need your receipt from when you went to McDonald's with the the guy you talked about your business to. <laughs> Those are for you to keep in case the IRS ever starts asking questions. All right. So, yes, keep keep those wherever you can. Um, I I personally prefer digital copies. Get them all in some organized folder. But your tax preparer will not need them unless they have a question on something. If they say, hey, you know, you claim twenty thousand dollars in meals and entertainment. Show me something here to to justify this cost. All right. But for the most part, we don't need those. Don't send us a shoebox full of receipts. Finally, I want to talk about how to organize all of this. And the first thing I'm going to say is the absolute best thing you can do is ask your tax preparer ahead of time and say, hey, I have this, this and this. You let me know how you want this, right? Because we all have different preferences, right? And some some tax repairs are going to say, I have specific forms I want you to fill out. I have an organizer I want you to fill out. I can tell you, for me personally, my ideal client is going to have some type of Google folder or Dropbox folder that's going to just be beautifully organized with all these subfolders in it, and they're just going to share it with me, right? So they're going to have a folder for their business financials and then a folder that has their prior year tax return in it and a folder that has their 1099s and W-2s in it. The more organized you can be, the better. Number one, it's going to make your tax returns more accurate. And number two, I can 100% guarantee you, your tax preparer will, number one, like you better, and number two, charge you less for it. So that's what I got for you. Keep things as organized as you can. Uh, it's, it's going to help you one way or another. It's going to minimize those taxes wherever you can and keep your tax preparer on your good side.
0: So one question that I do have that's slightly unrelated to what you just chatted about but is (laughs) super related to what recently has happened is, you know, we had the longest government shutdown ever. And they were talking about how 64,000 and maybe it was a lot more by the end, plus um, IRS workers were out and were off. Um, obviously, we're not just like, yippee, like they're gonna be so far behind and swamped, like we don't see do taxes this year, like that's not gonna happen. But I'm just kind of curious as a big picture, is that going to affect things at all from your perspective this year?
1: Yeah, so this was already a crazy tax season, because there was a million tax changes, like some of the biggest tax changes ever. So it was already, I think, going to be slow this year. The shutdown didn't help things. Supposedly, they came out even when it was still shut down, saying that refunds would not be affected. Um, if you own a business, there's a good chance you're not getting a refund anyways. Uh, so the thing I can tell you is the IRS still wants their money as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, I joked with someone the other day, this is probably the year to cheat on your taxes because it's gonna be hard for them to check. Just kidding, never cheat on your taxes. But <laughs> never. N- n- But no, this I, I I don't think it'll have a huge impact, but it's just one more thing that could slow things down and one more reason to get things in as quickly as possible.
0: Mm. So is that considered CPA humor, cheating your taxes this year? <laughs>
1: exactly, yes. That's, that's the kind of stuff that us CPAs just crack up. Oh, (laughs) I can only imagine.
0: Uh, We'll love it. We'll give us a final wrap up and call to action.
1: Tax season, get those things ready. Get them in early. Uh, help your tax preparer out, and keep things organized. As always, you can find us on our website, cponfire.com. Reach out to me directly, josh at cponfire.com. if you have not found that tax preparer yet. Hit me up, we'll get you taken care of.
0: They will take care of you over there, Fire Nation, so head over to cpaonfire.com, see what they have going on over there. Josh has taken care of us for a long, long, long time, and he'll take care of you as well, so make that happen. Thank you, Josh, and we'll catch you next month. And of course, after as- As always, we have David back up here. He's going to be chatting about podcasters beware using unlicensed music. And this is something that's obviously near and dear to my heart and Kate's heart being podcasters and running podcasters paradise. And David, you got something kind of crazy to share with us this month. So uh, take it away.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this applies not just to podcasters, but to anybody who has any kind of online media presence for your business or personally. So, you know, YouTube or you do stuff on Instagram or any other channel. There's probably cool social media sites that I don't even know about, but uh, (laughs) whatever that might be, this applies. So I've been writing and speaking for years about the likelihood of lawsuits concerning concerning unlicensed music in podcasts. Like, you know, you turn on a podcast, not something super professional like the one you're listening to now, but you know, Maybe one that's made by, uh, you know, people that are just starting out or might not know the rules and immediately maybe you'll hear, you know, the same song that you heard on the radio. little Beyonce
0: in the house. Like, what? yeah, exactly.
2: Something like that. And, um, you might, you know, think that's super cool. Um, But uh, as a lawyer who deals in intellectual property, um, you know, that's kind of like not filing your taxes. (laughs) So, so, you know, people ask me uh, when they're starting out, hey, can I play music on my podcast? And the answer is no, unless you have the proper licenses. Um, And again, the same rules apply not just to podcasts, but social media channels, websites, YouTube, you know, you name it, wherever you are online. These are the rules. So recently, a podcaster was sued for copyright infringement for doing exactly that, for playing popular music on a podcast without the appropriate license. And to my knowledge, this is the first time that this has been the subject of an actual federal lawsuit, but I doubt it will be the last. So just the quick background is that Universal Music Group, which is one of the world's biggest music labels, filed suit in federal court against iBus Media. Which is a site that owns pokernews.com and produces a variety of poker related podcasts. In the lawsuit, UMG, the music company, alleged that iBus Media uh, produced and distributed hundreds of podcast episodes that included unlicensed music owned by Universal, listing 46 specific songs wow. by artists as diverse as Kanye West, Garth Brooks, and Justin Bieber um, as among the artists that were played uh, unauthorized. And what happened was the Universal Music sent a cease and desist letter to this company, which is typical. It doesn't happen all the time, but usually lawyers will just send you a letter like, hey, you got to stop doing this or we're going to sue you. Mm -hmm. Um, Allegedly, the company uh, did not uh, comply with that, and they kept playing it. And the lawsuit demanded the maximum statutory damages of $150,000 per copyright, per songs, plus attorney's fees and costs. So we're talking about over $6 million claimed in this lawsuit against this podcast company. And... um, so, podcasters, beware. Just because a song is popular doesn't mean you have the right to play it on your podcast. Obtaining the proper licenses is complicated and can be expensive, but as this lawsuit shows the cost of not paying by the rules can be even more substantial. And there are options, um, for music you can license for, you know, for either free or for a lot less expensive than, you know, super popular songs. So, um, ignorance is not an excuse, uh, whether you're posting a podcast or anything online, you really need to know the rules. And if you want to know those rules, um, you can check out my free ebook, Podcast Law, which is available at podcastlawguide.com. And even though that is aimed at podcasters, um, the same rules apply, like I said, anywhere online. So you can check out podcastlawguide.com, get that free ebook, and it'll give you the guidance for uh, what to do about music and licenses anywhere on the internet. And businesses, entrepreneurs need to be aware of this stuff.
0: So Fire Nation, let me break it down for you. You need to picture a scenario like this. Like these music labels, these music artists, they have a legal team. That legal team is typically on a retainer and what do people that are on retainer want to do? They want to prove their worth. So they're going to find a number of situations where they can go on that monthly call and say, hey, clients, look at all the people we reached out to because they were doing the wrong thing. So they don't care necessarily big or small. They want numbers to prove to these artists, to these labels that their quote-unquote retainer is worth it. So people are just out there on the hunts. They can find you. They potentially will find you. So just don't put yourself in that kind of scenario because it's not worth the time, energy, or bandwidth. David, bring it home for us and give us that one final call to action.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you want to check out Podcast Law Guide for all the details of this. And, you know, you might think, well, I'm just kind of starting out. Who's going to even notice? But there now are technology and bots that can can crawl the internet and find these unauthorized songs in, you know, social media and websites and all kinds of places. So you don't have to, you know, be as popular as John Lee Dumas uh, to be a potential target for this stuff. Um, You know, better to know this stuff when you're starting out. Uh, Like I said, podcastlawguide.com. You can get the free ebook for all the info. And, uh, stay out of trouble,
0: stay out of trouble. And that one more time is guide, right? G U I D E. So podcast lawguide.com. Check it out. And of course, go directly to David's website because he's got a lot of great stuff there as well. David, thank you, brother. And we'll catch you on a future income report. Boom. So, Fire Nation, we have some other things going on in the month of January, and I know you've been waiting for the incredible sound of Kate Lynn Erickson's voice, so let me bring her on. Say hello, Kate, and let us know what went down in January.
3: That's sweet. Thanks so much. (laughs) What's up, Fire Nation? Super excited to be on another income report, kicking off 2019 in style. Very excited for that. Um, And John, I'm going to chat a bit about our free courses and what went down in January in regards to that, which... Honestly, is really, really exciting. I never thought that I would be so excited to back down from content because I love creating content. And a lot of these courses that we are kind of stepping back from, which I'm going to get into in a load of detail in just a second, um, they're courses that I created. And like, it's always a little bit tougher to step away from like your baby, so to speak. Um not your actual baby, but in this (laughs) in this scenario, a free course. Totally different things. Stepping
0: away from her baby and leaving her (laughs) baby all alone.
3: I would never do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um okay, so again, we're talking about free courses, not babies. Um, So our, our fire focus, this all started when John and I kind of like came full circle, started 2019. We're honing in on our fire focus. We talked about our fire focus back in 2018 in one of our income reports. And essentially what that is for us is we sat down and we identified what 20% of our activities account for 80% of our revenue, the 80-20 rule. It's the whole work smarter, not harder idea. And when we sat down and did this, we identified five big things that we really wanted to focus in on. Again, this started back in 2018, but we're carrying it right on into 2019. Because John, wouldn't you agree, it's felt really great to have like a renewed because I felt like our lens kind of like kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, bigger. and uh, I think that you would agree that kind of really, honing in on these five big things, um, looking at what we do best in the business and what accounts for a vast majority of our revenue and our impact, um, you know, what helps us continue to grow our audience, what helps us continue to uh, spread inspiration, motivation to those looking to grow their business. So those five big things, number one, entrepreneurs on fire, the podcast, right back where we started, right? The very foundation of this entire business. Number 2 our email list. I think a lot of people might try and argue that email lists and email marketing is on its way out. I Absolutely disagree with that. So number two is our email list. Um, and we're gonna be talking in a little bit. John, I think you're gonna get into some more detail about a welcome series revamp that we just did, um, which we would love for you to check out, Fire Nation. Number three is Podcasters Paradise in our journal. So essentially, if you think of it as like a bigger umbrella, it's the products that we have and that we offer here at Entrepreneurs on Fire. Number four, our affiliate relationships, which would be our our connection with ClickFunnels, um, basically those big products, services that we recommend to our audience because we use and love those things in our business. And number five, content marketing and SEO. So this month or in January, our big focus was really number five content marketing and SEO. But even like more specific than that, again, I'm chatting about our free courses here. We looked at all the free courses that we're offering and we decided to cut our free course library in half. So we really had six like primary free courses that we were offering that we would promote. We had this rotation of calls to action on social media, on the podcast, and deciding to cut that in half, is not only going to help us promote the courses that do best better, but it's also um, removing that distraction from having to keep up content that one really doesn't move the needle for us. And two, like that's not our wheelhouse. Um, So we didn't delete that content or store it away in a vault where nobody can ever access it. But again, we did decide that in order to double down on what's working best for us and where we can make the biggest impact, that we have to focus our time and energy wisely. So three courses that we decided to pull back on are free webinar course, free goals course, and Kickstarter on fire. Actually, it's four now that I'm looking at this. Uh, Four days to mastery is also one that we've pulled back on. We decided this because the three courses that do work really well for us that get the most traffic and that we're able to make the biggest impact for our audience on our free podcast course, Your Big Idea and Funnel on Fire. So again, we decided why spread our focus and our energy across seven free courses when we can double down on three free courses that we know make a big impact for our audience and that net great ROI for us. John, what are your thoughts? Anything to add to that?
0: So the biggest thing that I do want to share is kind of the thought process that we went through and how I think you, Fire Nation, should be going forward when you're kind of creating this process in your business. And number one, like Kate mentioned very eloquently, we focus down on what are the 20% of things that we do that bring audience, that bring authority, and that bring revenue into our business. And what are the 80% of things you know that don't? Or also, you know, what are the 20% of those things that bring in the 80% of that overall authority influence revenue. And how can we double down on that? How can we make that happen? But what I don't want people to get away from is it starts by you casting a wide net. You need to cast this wide net out there to see what happens, to really identify what's connecting with your audience and what solutions are really meaningful to their big problems and obstacles and pain points. So we did cast that wide net over 2016, 2017, 2018, and we tried a lot of different things, and all of them worked great, and all and all of them worked to a level, but some worked greater than others. And we said, "Hey, now it's time," as we're moving into 2019. Let's really double down on what works so we can continue to over serve and over deliver in those areas while not just adding more things to our plate while also potentially giving us more time, energy, and effort to work on another project or travel more or do this or do that. So that's really the process that we went through. And again, this was over years. So we casted a wide net, we see what worked best, and we double down, we doubled down in those areas. And that is why we're at where we are today. So it's been not just an overnight kind of process, it takes time to really understand what you're doing, but then once you do, and you can really say, okay, this is where I'm gonna be focusing my time, energy, and resources on, that's you can really take that to that next level. So okay, anything you want to add to this before I start talking about the welcome journey sequence?
3: No, let's do it. When
0: we had this refocus, we said, "Okay, now let's go back to our email welcome series because you know, we're getting 30, 40, 50 people joining our uh, email welcome series every single day." So when you have that many people joining a welcome email series, that's a lot of great opportunities to serve them at a higher level than just sending a kind of generic email. So we said, listen, we've really carved out the areas that we want to focus on, which is what Kate was just talking about with a free podcast course, Your Big Idea, Funnel on Fire. Those are our three free courses. Plus, you know, we have a couple of other things that we're really uh, focused and doubling down on as well. So let's make a very enjoyable welcome journey experience for people that are joining our email list again to the tune of 30 to 50 people every single day, how can we give them an amazing experience that's not just your typical generic email newsletter? So we have a couple cool things that are coming up with this. You know, number one, we're really taking people down this journey of are you ready for lifestyle and financial freedom? We've identified that a lot of our audience wants, desires, lifestyle and financial freedom. So we want to have that be our theme, our core of what we're bringing content wise to people on this email newsletter. So that's our calls to action on our homepage, with our pop ups in our sidebar, etc. We're saying, are you ready for lifestyle and financial freedom? Because if you are, Sign up for our email newsletter, and we are going to give you the content that you need, the action steps that you desire to take you to that lifestyle and financial freedom, period, end of the story. And then we've crafted this welcome series to do just that. And I wanted to make it personal as well. Like I know that people sign up for the email newsletter, and they can read this and that, but I got this really cool new toy. It's called the Osmo, and long story short, it just connects to your iPhone, and it's this um, little device that will follow you uh, video camera lens wise as you're walking. So you get kind of like a selfie stick. You can attach your phone and this Osmo kind of gizmo to it. And you can be like walking down the streets, kind of like swinging around in circles. And this device will follow you as you're doing it. So it kind of gives you this really cool Vibe to the video it 's very smooth, cool, and neat vibe that if anybody saw my bonus experience video, I did for Amy Porterfield where I was walking around my backyard, and a lot of people commented like dude that 's cool, like who was there filming you like nobody it was me with a selfie stick, and that 's what makes this device really cool. Kate, okay, we actually should definitely remember to link this up in the show notes I mean in the uh, post because it's it 's such a great device. I got it on Amazon. And we're going to be adding personal videos from me to kind of add to the content of each one of these emails and kind of give a little more personal vibe. I'm going to be taking you on a walk around the neighborhood of Puerto Rico where I live, my house, you know, my street, my hood here in Palmas Del Mar. And so you're going to get over the course of this email welcome sequence, which right now is eight emails. You know, we might add one or two later on. We might take one or two away, but right now it's eight and is an eight email sequence and it's, going to deliver new content on every single email, plus that little personal video at the end. You can choose to watch or, of course, not to watch, but it's going to add that little touch of intimacy for those people who do decide to watch that video sequence. So I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. This email series is going to add a lot of value, and if you're listening right now to this and you're not already subscribed to our email newsletter, well, go ahead and do it because you will experience this email sequence the videos might not be ready um, so you won't get to check those out so they might be but they might not be Um, depending on when you subscribe to the email newsletter. Anytime, by the way, like after March 1st, you're definitely good. But I'm going to be recording those videos in the next couple of weeks. But the actual email series itself will be up there in a very, very valuable read. So definitely go to eofire.com. Just sign up for that email newsletter and you'll be off to the races with our email newsletter sequence. And you can maybe pick up a lot of ideas about how to structure and create your welcome email sequence if you haven't really put a lot of intentional thought into yours yet. So Kate, before we go into the breakdown, anything you want to add?
3: Yeah. I second your comments about that. It's called Osmo. Is that right? Yeah. Osmo. Yeah. When I watched your video that you recorded, the exact one you were referring to for Amy Porterfield's bonus experience that you did, I was like, gosh, Jill's following him really closely because I (laughs) thought for sure that she must have been filming you. So yeah, that thing is really incredible. Super cool. It's a lot of fun. You got to check it
0: out, Fire Nation. So what is January's 2019 income breakdown? Well, our product and service income was $103,000. We did a total of 467 journal sales. Just, I love these numbers. I mean, that's almost... Halfway to a thousand journal sales. So, I mean, just incredible stuff. So, if you want to check out the Freedom Journal, the Mastery Journal, or the Podcast Journal, just go to Amazon, type it in, or of course, we have websites at all of those dot coms, our Shopify stores. Uh, Podcasters Paradise brought in $30,837, our podcasts. podcast. Podcast sponsorship income was forty two thousand five hundred dollars. Uh, we brought in thirty six thousand dollars in affiliate revenue, highlighted as, again as always by ClickFunnels at twenty five k. Bluehost we brought in twenty eight hundred. Um, and let's see another one here. We had. Boost blog traffic by John Morrow almost a thousand dollars. That was a course that we uh, recommended months ago, and that's the beautiful thing about affiliate revenue, Fire Nation. That's just kind of the gift that sometimes keeps on giving. So cool stuff there. Uh, so our total gross income for January was a buck forty. Our total expenses were thirty one thousand. And that gave us a net profit of 108707 So a good month in the six figures, a little less than again December, but uh, February I think is going to be a little bit trending up for a couple reasons, which you'll have to tune into. So go ahead and make sure you do that in about a month from now. And Kate, let's talk about the biggest lesson learned.
3: Yeah. So my biggest lesson learned in January is that putting on a live event is a lot of work. <laughs> um, we're getting prepared for Puerto Palooza, our in-person mastermind here in Puerto Rico, which I'm so, so excited for. Um, but in January, kind of like prepping and leading up to that, which happens in two days as we're recording this income report, um, it gave me like so much respect and gratitude for people who put on like these in depth, like incredible events, because when you invest in a ticket to attend like a one day or a multi-day event, like that's a big commitment. It's a monetary investment. You're investing your time. Um, You have to travel. You're away from your business. You kind of mess with your routine a little bit. You know, a lot of people you're having to find childcare or make other personal arrangements for things. So when I, I like, I totally get that when you invest in going to any type of event, that's a big investment. So when you do make that investment and you show up and you're wowed by the little details and you end up walking away, having experienced something so incredibly valuable, like that's really special. I can Off the top of my head, probably pull one, two, three events where I've left just being like, wow, that was an incredible experience. Chris Ducker comes to mind. Chris Ducker puts on such incredible events. We did Tropical Think Tank in the Philippines. Um, We did Youpreneur Summit in London. Like he just knows how to do events. You walk away from those things being like, oh, my gosh, that was so amazing. Um, but then being the person on the other end, putting that all together, and I'm in no way, shape or form comparing our event to that because this is a very intimate, small in-person mastermind. We have seven entrepreneurs attending, so it's not a huge mastermind, but we are doing an all-inclusive event. So like the preparation and planning that goes into this is like not easy and it just makes me realize how much goes into putting on a live event. Like I think about Podcast Movement or PodFest, which we're going to be at in just about a month now, March in Orlando. And these are like thousands of people events. And I can't even imagine the team that they have to have in place in order to put that all together. Um, But yeah, of course, like the all inclusivity, all inclusivity, is that a word? Um, (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) that we're doing with this event, that definitely adds complexity to it, of course. Um, But even setting that aside, like the small details, the itinerary and making sure that everyone has the information they need to plan their trip and figuring out how everyone's going to get from point A to point B, those small details really add up. And again, I know that a smaller intimate mastermind um, and, You know, that doesn't really compare to like thousand person events, but events and those intimate experiences, I feel like they're becoming more and more popular online. So I just wanted to kind of share that experience that, you know, I would say I've probably invested more time in planning and preparation for this event that we're doing, which is it's a two day mastermind. And then we have a third day where we're all going to go out in Puerto Rico and do like a Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. experience. I've probably spent more time on that in the last month than anything else in our business, like comparatively. Um, So if you are thinking about putting together a live event or a one day mastermind, um, just make sure that you kind of lay out a plan in advance and really think about the support or the team members that you might have to have in place, especially not even so much for the preparation and planning. It would be really awesome to have somebody be able to help you with that as well, especially depending on how big your event's going to be. But also think about like on those days, having someone around to help you, even just having someone that could like run little errands for you, like those unexpected things that come up, would probably be really super valuable. Um, so again, we're really super excited for Puerto Palooza to kick off. We look forward to sharing a recap of how that all went down with you in our February income report, um, and we also put together a list of the top conferences for entrepreneurs in 2019. So if you're interested in hitting um, an event or two this year and you want to kind of check out um, not only where John and I'll be at, but also some of the events that we've attended in the past that we feel are top picks, um, we have that linked up on this income report, eofire.com forward slash income 65. Boom, Fire Nation, as always, it's been a blast.
0: Final call to action, that email newsletter, I would really love for you to subscribe to that to just check out what we took a lot of time creating. And of course, we always love feedback. So we hit reply to any of those emails and let us know what you like, what you don't like, how we can improve, etc we would love all of that. So just eofire.com, you'll see it's right there. You can't miss it. It's the top of the fold, the featured call to action right there. And as always, check out the income report. Like Kate mentioned, it's eofire.com slash income 65. And we will catch you there or we'll catch you on the flip side.